Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. American democracy. It's described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it, they put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. With that, Special Counsel Jack Smith explained to you that what he's doing is relitigating the impeachment of Donald Trump. Not the job of the Special Counsel. And in relitigating this, engaging an indictment for counts against President Trump. Count one, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Count three, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And count four, conspiracy against rights. Conspiracy against rights. It is clear and obvious, since none of this is about insurrection, since none of this is about sedition, none of this is about what it is they claimed. They have moved the goalpost to be able to do what they could not do with impeachment, which is stop Donald Trump. My God, I've never seen anything so obsessed, anyone so obsessed, any group so obsessed in all my life. So obsessed that they are willing to throw away the baby with the bathwater. The Constitution is of no regard, and we should be clear about two things happening right now. I have no quarter for people who look at this indictment and say, yeah, this makes sense. No, it doesn't. And you don't believe in the rule of law if you believe it does. You're the problem if you think this indictment makes sense. Now, you'll note that I did not say that you have to like Donald Trump. You have to agree with Donald Trump, agree with Donald Trump said, agree with what Donald Trump did. You don't have to do any of that. You can be as angry as you want about it. You can talk about it all you will. You can have your mourning about January 6th, although you don't seem to mourn the life of Ashley Babbitt. You can do all that all you want. You can make that the key foundational block of your election campaign if you're Joe Biden or anybody else. I couldn't stop such a thing, and I wouldn't. But this indictment... It's not about the law. This indictment is political. So I start with where I start. If you think this indictment brings value, if you think this indictment makes sense, if you think this indictment is acceptable, you don't believe in the rule of law. You are as unserious as the day is long. You are not worthy of love. You are not worthy of anyone's time. You shouldn't be allowed to operate heavy machinery. You shouldn't procreate. The people who look at this indictment and say, that's strong, that's strong. If you don't believe in a constitution that's strong, if you want to criminalize free speech, uh, uh, then, you know, you're okay with this. 
You're okay with that. Dear God. That leads us to the part two. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm holding back a little. I won't in a few minutes. Um, my fear is that people aren't going to hold back either. I've watched the indictments come forward on President Trump time and again, which is a weird thing to say. And there are more coming. I mean, wait for Georgia. But I haven't read anything that made me say after reading it, okay, it's about to get ugly. You want to talk about two tiers of justice? You want to talk about a politicized DOJ? You want to talk about just the ugliest of us, not what they're claiming about Trump, but what they are doing themselves. My fear of people's reaction and response. That actually took more out of me yesterday. I was reading this. I was at an event. I couldn't concentrate. I was reading this. Because that's where I think we're going. This is, the, uh, this, is, this is not just ugly. This is criminal. When people scream Banana Republic, they're right. When people scream two-tier justice system, they're right. They're right. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Understand that this indictment. Oh, and I know some people are going to come at me on Twitter. It's Twitter. I don't give a damn. If you're okay with this indictment... The indictment, I didn't say you were okay with anything Trump did. If you're okay with the indictment, you've just shown how much of a lesser person you are. I don't care about what you want. Oh, look at my fancy degree. Oh, you don't understand the law. I understand the real world. I understand when there's two tiers. I understand when there's corruption. I understand when it's about revenge. The people who are fine with this indictment should not be allowed to engage heavy machinery. I can't say it enough. Because this indictment states that free speech is up for grabs. This indictment states that while you have the right to protest and you have the right to question, we will now go through a summation of why no you don't. It's as ugly as can be. It's ugly that this indictment comes out one day after the phone call is verified or the series of phone calls is verified regarding Hunter and Joe Biden. They weren't perfect phone calls. They weren't niceties and pleasantries, no matter what Representative Dan Goldman says. What a tool. This was Hunter letting everybody know that, yep, my dad's here. Yep, I can get things done. Yep, you're going to want to pay me. Yep, you're going to want to hire us. Yep, you're going to want to do this, that, and the other. Every rational person knows this. And then the next day, here comes the indictment. The indictment had to come. Couldn't have waited five days. No, no, they were waiting for it. They were waiting to deliver it when they needed it. When it would have most effect. And oh, let's take Hunter and Joe Biden and their criminality off the front pages. Well, that might work for CNN, but it's certainly not going to work for radio. You ever want to know how important radio is? It's times like these. 
And this indictment comes just as Fitch downgrades uh, the U.S. economy or downgrades U.S. credit from AAA to AA+. It's not the end of the world, but it's going to be rough, and it shows a trend. This indictment, 45 pages, says, look at how Trump attempted to overturn the election. You're going to now prove that he knew he lost, he knew that he couldn't win, he knew that it wasn't stolen, and he did it anyway? If he had people in his camp telling him it was stolen, lawyers, why shouldn't he believe him? It's like when you take a look at these unnamed co-conspirators. Well, clearly one of them is going to be John Eastman, uh, the lawyer, the, the former professor. If John Eastman wants to engage some cockamamie legal scheme saying we could take this, we take this, we take that, we could put that together and say that's, your, that's, the, that's the, the reason why this is stolen, you might say that's the craziest thing I ever heard. But it doesn't make it criminal. That is the defense of your client. You do what you must you can argue, ooh, that is not a lawyer I would hire. Doesn't necessarily make it criminal. And certainly doesn't make it proof of some level of trying to prevent an election in the United States. And if we're going to be discussing these four counts... Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Conspiracy against rights. Representative Thomas Massey asks an important question, the congressman from Kentucky. How many feds were part of the so-called conspiracy to obstruct and obstruction of an official proceeding in counts two and three of the indictment? Meaning... How many plants were there in the crowd from the federal government, from the FBI, to try and gin up the crowd to riot? We already know that they get involved and they, get, they infiltrate. So how many of them are responsible for the obstruction of a criminal proceeding, the conspiracy, and the actual obstruction of the official proceeding? It's a great question. It is a great question. I go back to John Eastman, because I'm not the only person who noticed this. Uh, Josh Hammer, who is an editor over at Newsweek. Jack Smith has chosen, Jack Smith being that special counsel, has chosen to criminally prosecute an act of constitutional interpretation performed in the context of the very zealous representation the attorney-client relationship necessarily calls for. This indictment says lawyers can't defend their clients. This lawsuit says you are not allowed to question any result from the federal government. You'll notice within the entire context of this, I never said Trump was innocent. I have said quite clearly over the years that this was not an insurrection. And Trump did not start an insurrection. 
I said so just over a week ago on Fox, directly to John Scott, who referred to January 6th as an insurrection. And yes, I corrected him. There were actually organizations that picked up the fact that I did. I apologize to no one for nothing because I have nothing to apologize for. It was a riot. It was not an insurrection. It was wrong. And I have argued from this very microphone that Trump should have done more to stop it. And that the vice president was in the Capitol and the president didn't do everything with force to make sure he was safely out of the Capitol. I don't forgive. You like it. You don't like it. Guys, with all due respect, I'm okay with disagreement, but I am not about to care about that. Someone disagrees with me on that. Whatever. The argument, because someone's going to say, well, it was Pence's fault. He should have sent it back. Now, you see that? See that back and forth we're doing right now where you're a little angry with me? And maybe I'd be a little angry with you, but probably not. But you might be a little angry with me. That's exactly what we are supposed to do. We disagree about the thing. And we make our positions known and we engage the conversation. And then we go about voting as we see fit, and we discuss it openly. Notice none of that came up in my conversation about the indictment. First, the indictment is nonsense. No conversation of insurrection, no conversation about sedition. The indictment says you are not allowed to question the federal government. The indictment questions whether or not you are even allowed a defense, no matter how dubious that defense may be. And that's why I started where I started. If you know someone, if you personally are okay with this indictment, If you know someone, if you are somebody who cheers this indictment, thinks that this indictment brings value, I can't describe how disgusting that person is. How horrific, how shameful, how pseudo-intellectual, how absolutely un-American they are. But they are. But I mentioned to you that the thing that struck me um, more than anything after, I mean, this was the, the part two of my thought process. The part one was after reading this indictment, the American people, a great number of them are going to say, okay, I've had enough. This ain't my country. This is a banana republic. This is two-tier justice. This is abuse. This, is, this can't happen. I do believe a reaction is coming. And I'm telling you right now, I don't want it. I'm telling you, don't do it. But I don't think America understands exactly how much anger this indictment has brought. It's a lot. And in many, many, many ways, they're right. This is two-tiered justice, disgusting and despicable, reprehensible and shameful. I'm worried. I'm Tony Katz.
Dow is down 240. The Nasdaq is down 350. This is the downgrade, guys. You got Fitch, which, uh, you know, credit ratings. Uh, that's what they do. And they uh, they downgraded the U.S. from AAA to AA+. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. I'm going to speak later with uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, uh, about this. Uh, I'll share it with you later. I, I spoke with him. Um, economists aren't concerned, but you need to be aware of what's happening. Going from AAA to AA plus isn't the end of the world. It's true. But it is going to cost more to borrow money. Add that to the credit crunch. We discussed this yesterday. The banks are not lending like they used to. Now, the end of this week, we're going to see jobs numbers. And we saw that maybe jobs are contracting, which is something that uh, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, wants to try and bring the economy back into line and bring that inflation rate down. But ADP... They've got their numbers out today to the extent they can be uh, believed. Private sector jobs total 324,000. The Dow Jones estimate is 175,000. So you would have to believe that the Dow missed that much and ADP has it correct. We won't know that until Friday. You can't trust an ADP number. But let's say, just for the sake of the argument, for the for the stuff and for the giggles, that this is correct. So the job market isn't shrinking. So it is still hot. And that's the thing that you want to cool down. So that would mean interest rates still go up. And credit ratings go down. So you now are paying more to borrow the money on a federal level. How does that work out tell me more about how bidenomics is just great and really getting money back in the hands of the american people i don't are i don't argue against things getting better i want them to get better but it's 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 not better it's far from better And this downgrade, no, I I don't think it is worth panic. I think it is worth being aware. Uh, Research out on the top 50 podcasts in the U.S. Joe Rogan is number one. Uh, It's it's that Crime Junkie is number two. So Crime Junkie, I have never met her. Crime Junkie is done uh, in my beloved Indianapolis. Uh, Audio Chuck is, is, is it Ashley Flowers? Is that her company? Yeah, that's her company. I, it, no part of me does any of those things. Like, I'm not into the true crime podcast at all, but America is, the world is, it's unbelievable. I think what she's created is, is absolutely, absolutely remarkable. She just hit the thing and kept the audience. That's, that is special. But you guys really love the crime stuff? Like true crimes? Is there enough craziness in the world? Do you need that too? Man, to, to each their own. Go keep crushing. Good on you, Audio Chuck. This is Tony Katz today.
you don't have to like Donald Trump. I have never suggested that there's anybody anywhere who has to like the former president. You don't have to like his policies. You don't have to like him personally. All of that is completely and totally fine. But when you watch an abuse of power, you can't be okay with it because you didn't like the individual the abuse is being applied to. I'm not sure how anybody looks at the latest from Jack Smith, the special counsel. These four counts, this indictment against President Trump regarding January 6th and says this is legitimate work. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. The day is nuts. The news cycle is absolutely nuts. And this indictment is is top of the heap because it's nuts. Let me introduce John Malcolm. He is the vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government and senior legal fellow, director of the Mies Center at the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Uh, let me just give a, a quick read here, sir. Uh, let me let me go right here and give the read. Four counts on this in- indictment. Uh, count one is conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding count three obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and count four conspiracy against rights uh you do this work you follow these kinds of things are these the kind of counts from a special counsel or from any from from any government agency from any gov- from the doj in any way these are the kinds of things that you can find people guilty for uh the very aggressive use of the law. Uh, There are several things to say about this indictment. One is, unlike the classified documents indictment, there is really no new information contained in uh, in this indictment. Uh, And there are certainly things that I expected to see. Uh, I expected to see written text messages, telephone calls in which the president or former president acknowledged that all of these claims that he was making about a stolen election were fraudulent and false. Uh, I expected to see texts, emails connecting him to the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and you know others who breached the Capitol on January 6, 2021, to try to uh, stop the counting of the Electoral College votes. None of that was there. Instead, what this indictment essentially alleges is that Donald Trump, assisted by six unindicted and unnamed co-conspirators, although it's fairly easy to figure out who a number of them are, uh, that they made all of these claims about a stolen election. They knew at the time they made those claims uh, that they were false and that they then concocted a very elaborate scheme to try to get Vice President Pence to reject the Biden electors and to persuade state legislators to submit a fake set of electors that supported Donald Trump. The indictment, I think, does two things well. One is it shows that there were a lot of people surrounding the president and in the various states who were telling Donald Trump that his claims about a stolen election were false. And the other thing the indictment does pretty well is to show that Donald Trump behaved badly on January 6th when he knew rioters were in the Capitol and for several hours he did not tell them to leave. 
Right. So we, we can actually agree on that and people will disagree on that. And that's fine because that's a very personal uh, opinion. And right. certainly when you hear Jack Smith lay it out as he did in front of that press conference yesterday, he lays it out with the emotion. Here is some of that, sir. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. He discussed it. First of all, he's a little breathless there in his in his presentation, talking to John uh, Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Um, he wants to talk about how it details the crimes, but he doesn't actually in the indictment detail the crime. If everything about this was incitement uh, to riot, it was about seditious activity. That doesn't exist in the indictment. So while the indictment could, in your view, you know, show bad behavior of President Trump, which is an opinion based conversation. What does the indictment provide that would provide any legal context to finding guilt? I, I think it is a strained indictment. It is not very specific. There is no question that Donald Trump was surrounded by a lot of people who were saying that his claims that it was a stolen election were false. But there's also no doubt that he was surrounded by a lot of people who were telling him that there was evidence that the election was stolen. They may have been wrong. He may have been misguided to believe them. But there is no reason to doubt the sincerity of his belief that the election had, in fact, been stolen. He also has a right, as the indictment actually says, to make claims about the election being stolen, to demand recounts, to file legal suits. Uh, And here he relied on the advice of a lot of lawyers. He may have gotten bad advice, but Donald Trump is not a lawyer and he is entitled to rely on the advice of his attorneys. So I think that this is not only a relatively weak indictment, but it's very dangerous in that it treads on people's First Amendment rights to question the conduct of an election and the rights of people to rely on the advice of their counsel. This was Fox News yesterday. Andrew McCarthy, former assistant U.S. attorney, Southern District of New York, commenting here. I think, unfortunately, Brett, this is as weak as it was foretold to be. Uh, You see a lot of deceitful conduct. But the problem I think Jack Smith has is that Congress has not enacted statutes that that directly criminalized the the behavior that Smith is talking about. So what he has to do is distort statutes in order to try to pigeonhole the behavior into them. So, for example, the Supreme Court was very clear in May in two cases where they threw out convictions against uh, cronies of former Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, uh, that fraud in the United States means to bilk a victim out of money or property you know, tangible assets, and that to the extent that, uh, you know, Congress has tried to expand that into this idea of, um, uh, you know, fraud that creates uh, deceptive government practices, uh, the statutes that are on the books now are vague, and otherwise Congress... He goes on, as as many have, that 
this is, you know, you referred to it as strain, sir, talking to John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org, uh, vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government. Strained is, is certainly a kind way of saying this is political and not legal. So when when you see an indictment like this come forward, do you say to yourself, well, it's the special counsel. Well, they're entitled to try. Or do you look at this as a threat to the system and that the DOJ, the Department of Justice, is actually doing a disservice, not just to their own cause, but to the cause of the legal system at large? Yeah, I think that those dangers exist. I'm a former federal prosecutor, too. I agree with everything that Andy McCarthy uh, uh, just said, look, there are some things that are clear uh, crimes. I do think whether he's convicted or not remains to be seen that the classified documents case is at least very specific uh, about, you know, you know, conduct that was designed to destroy evidence, this, that or the other, uh, move evidence around to prevent a grand jury from getting it. None of that specificity is contained in this indictment. And this indictment really does threaten First Amendment rights for anybody who questions the outcome of an election or the election procedures uh, that were used. There's also a vague language about how Trump directed people to the Capitol but nothing that suggested he intended for them to go in to breach the Capitol or knew they were going to breach the Capitol or directed them to do that. Uh, it's all innuendo and I think is a, a, a weak case. I, I wish I hadn't brought it. So this the, the part of the weakness for me, uh, I think for a lot of people, that this capper of my goodness, what are we looking at here? Because I think that if, if, if you think you saw anger towards the DOJ, towards Merrick Garland, towards President Biden on this attack before from Trump supporters, I think you're about to see it in a much larger measure. I'm I'm concerned about it, but I'm just discussing what I believe to be uh, coming down down the line. It's this idea of count four in the indictment conspiracy against rights this was van jones on cnn they went with him they did and and you talk about embarrassment i'll I'll talk a little bit about some pride i'm I'm actually uh, proud of jack smith uh count number four count number four uh conspiracy against rights what rights what rights the right to vote the right to vote and have your vote count in this country that's what this whole thing is about and somebody stood up for that. We stand in very long lines in my community, by the way, uh, to vote. Uh, we shed blood in this country to vote. And somebody tried to take that away. Just take it away. Because he didn't want to leave office. And somebody... Now, I, I ask the legal part of this. Right. Is this what's being alleged in the indictment? That Donald Trump took away people's right to vote is the the conspiracy against rights have you ever seen that uh anywhere does that is that something that has a a legal basis or is this i to, to me one of the great examples of political showmanship as opposed to realistic conversation well conspiracy against rights is usually to, to prevent people from voting or police brutality, uh, depriving people of life, liberty or property. Here, the theory is, and again, I think it's a very weak, in fact, a dangerous theory that by perpetrating a fraud to try to overturn the election, he was seeking to effectively disenfranchise everybody who voted for Joe Biden. Uh, And I think this is 
dangerous. So if anybody comes forward and questions the outcome of an election or how an election was conducted, one could say, well, you're just trying to disenfranchise uh, the people who voted for the person who was declared the winner. I think that is has will have a real chilling effect on people exercising their First Amendment rights. I think that's I think that's the part that people, you know, when they read this, they're, they, they have these series of thoughts. But in terms of a cohesive conversation, the one piece that comes out of this indictment is, I think, what you just said, sir, that you're you're left with this feeling that somehow if I should ask a question, if I should say, well, wait a second, if I should engage a curiosity, even if I should engage a lawsuit that from this indictment, if it were allowed, if, if somehow he is adjudicated guilty on that, it's to state the idea that we, the American people, don't get to question our government, it would seem to be a very backwards process from where the First Amendment is. Well, in fact, the indictment right at the beginning says, let's be clear, Americans have the right to question elections and they have the right to demand recounts and they have the right to file lawsuits. But it appears that what the indictment acknowledges with one hand, it takes away with the other. It will certainly have a chilling effect. And I think that the you know Trump legal team will certainly have defenses, serious defenses that they're going to be able to assert and no doubt will assert to try to get this indictment dismissed. Um, the, the, the lawyer, uh, not the lawyer, I'm sorry, the judge in, in this uh, case is a judge who has sentenced January 6th riders to jail to longer prison sentences than even the prosecution w- was looking for. This is going to be a D.C. Uh, jury Jack Smith has had cases overturned by the Supreme Court uh, before. Do you have a feel, a take on what this judge and where this jury may already be going? The the reasons this is, uh, I shouldn't say the reasons this is in D.C., but the reason it was this judge specifically? Well, I think the, the assignment was random, but that doesn't mean that the judge isn't going to be, that the Trump team isn't going to try to get the judge, Judge Chutkin, uh, recused from the matter and have it a case assigned to another judge. They may also try to get ven- the venue change, saying that he can't get uh, a fair trial before a D.C. DC jury. Those are arguments they'll make. Uh, they're, they're tough to get granted, but they will no doubt assert them, and we'll see what the judge does. John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. I appreciate you taking the time. To join us today, more is coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Just in case you're not completely bothered by the insanity of this indictment, um, Joe Biden wants to ban light bulbs. No, no nothing. No, no, no response. Everything. You're, you're just good with that, Joe Biden banning light bulbs and you're and you're just fine with that happening okay all right look hey maybe you're maybe you're cool with it maybe you're cool with it maybe maybe that's who you are that's fine Ah! all right maybe a delayed reaction that's fine too tony katz tony katz today good to be with you yeah today's a nutty day nutty crazy silly day and it, it is frustrating what's important to note here without being driven crazy, or at least without engaging craziness on your own, is that you see in all the ways the political left, as Michael Walsh describes it, and I paraphrase it, they never stop, they never quit, they never rest, they never sleep. They never do. The U.S. has a ban on incandescent light bulbs. This is the Biden administration banning incandescent light bulbs in favor of energy-efficient bulbs. 
a years-long bipartisan effort to phase out the bulbs after earlier regulations and standards were blocked by former President Trump. Yeah, okay, good. The argument is not against efficiency. I can't imagine there's anybody on the political right who is opposed to efficiency. I can't imagine there's anybody on the political left who's opposed uh, to efficiency. I think it's just a question of what we want to be efficient. What the people on the right want efficient is government, and that means smaller and leaner. What the people want on the left want to be efficient is the absolute silencing and punishing of the right by any means necessary, which includes a lot of violence. I'm sorry, you don't think the indictment against Trump is violence? Kids, I'm just saying, I don't think people understand the reaction here and the level of disgust here. This is out, this is beyond outrageous stuff. Oh no, I'm not I'm not endorsing it. I don't want it. Don't do it. I think you don't understand the levels of anger out there. But the left doesn't stop doing things. The light bulb, the gas stove, the gas furnace, the air conditioning. Everything's got to be electric. Everything, the gas, the hot water heater, that's got to be electric. It's all got to be electric. And the only reason to have everything be electric is, of course, to be able to control the thing by saying we're running too much power. We got to shut it down. No, no, no. We'll only allow your house to be at 79 degrees, etc. They never stop. And that's exhausting, which is why you have to win. You have to win big. And you just got to make the changes while you can because they'll never stop. It's part of the horror of their entire political belief system. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.